Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Dum 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 dum. Dum 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 dum. Savior of the universe. Dum 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 dum. Flash. Dum 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 dum. He'll save everyone of us. Man, why we always gotta sing Queen? Flash. Only like one of the hardest. Like, like seriously. It's like the hardest notes to hit. Uh, queen also they have like, like eight people singing harmonies in sync at the beginning and it sounds way better than dum 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 but regardless what's up everybody you are watching slash listening to the command zone podcast i'm your host shibby wong how is it it's josh lee kwai so we're in the thick of it now we are beginning our deck upgrades for the commander 2020 pre-con decks we're starting out with the arcane maelstrom teamer instance matter deck the one with calamax on the cover (laughs) yeah uh this is well we're gonna be doing the same thing we do every year for these decks which is you've bought the deck and now you want to get it out there you want to get it onto the streets you want to throw down as fast as possible but pre-cons you know they're a little underpowered they we like to say they're usually a three or four on our Mm -hmm. scale you probably want to push that to a five or six but you don't want to take a ton of time so it's just 10 cards in, 10 cards out. We want to do it for around a $25 budget, and this is just a way to get the deck up to speed so that it can be hanging with the the real decks as soon as possible. They're all real decks, but just hanging a little harder than the other decks do. (laughs) Uh, If you want to pick up any of these cards, of course, you're going to need to buy them somewhere, and we suggest you go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone. That's the affiliate link for the show. If you like our content, if you like these depth upgrade videos, one of the best ways to support the show is to add all the cards to a cart, and then boom, check it out just like that. You can also get the pre-con as well as any other singles from the commander set that you like this year. It's a really simple thing to do. You just enter in cardkingdom.com slash command zone, and that's it. You're on the regular website. Purchase away. Do whatever you need to, and just know that your purchase is help contributing to make this show possible. Yeah, there are so many things right now. There's Mystery Boosters. There's Ikoria Layer of Behemoths, the main set. Mm -hmm. There's the Commander product. We're pre-ordering a lot of that stuff. You're getting singles even. Maybe you're not just buying the sealed stuff. 
you're going to get that stuff anyway. So if you just use that uh, affiliate link when you do, you really are helping us out. And once you get all that stuff, you really want to keep it safe. And Ultra Pro is the company we trust to make the stuff that protects our stuff. So you don't want your cards to get banged up. You don't want them to, you know, lose their value. Let's mm-hmm. be honest. Ultra Pro really will keep all that stuff safe. You put it in a nice Eclipse sleeve and a really strong deck box, a satin tower, something like that. Ultra Pro helps you retain the value of all your game pieces. So Especially if you're going to go play on the streets, like you said. <laughs> you want to put a play mat underneath your cards before you just slam them down on the sidewalk. And the last way to support the show is directly at patreon.com slash zone. These patrons get to watch Game Night's episodes a day early. They get to know cool secret insider facts because they're asking questions directly to Josh and myself. We've told them all sorts of great factoids over the years. You can join them as well at the right tier. Patreon.com slash Command Zone. And we shout out one lucky patron every single week. And this week's episode is dedicated, dedicated to Emil Sondag. Hope we said that right, Emil. It's a cool name. But regardless of whether we said it right or wrong, you rock. You rock. Thanks for the support. Okay. Let's get right into it here. Oh, one thing we should say, first of all, before we begin, we're doing a bunch of bonus content because there's so much product coming out and a lot of it's Commander products. There is going to be potentially a video from us every single day this week. Wow. And uh, we had two of the last three days covered too, so you're going to get like a ton of videos from us. If you're not subscribed to the channel, please hit that subscribe button, hit the little bell icon so that you're notified when a new video comes out because you don't want to miss any of this stuff. That's right. All right. Especially when we give you great hot takes on what we think are the best cards in the set and all that. We also have the set reviews for Ikoria and Commander coming out this week. A lot of great content. You don't want to miss it. Wait, wait, not this week. Coming out soon. No, soon. Sorry. Coming out soon. (laughs) I hate myself. Yeah. Okay. So you know how it goes. We're going to take the Arcane Maelstrom Teamer Instance Matter deck, the one with Calamex, who we're calling Lightning Butt, on the cover. Uh, We're going to take this deck, and we're going to say what 10 cards we would add and what 10 cards we would take out so that you can immediately raise this deck's power level, get it out there, and competing with your friend's regular decks. Uh, And we're doing this with a total budget of around $25.00. We're not going to be real stringent on that. Maybe it's a little more, maybe it's a little... I think for this one, we're well under 25 bucks, but we might stray a little above that. But we're just not going to go crazy. We're not going to be like, hey, add Guy's Cradle. Duh. If you've got... Add Cyclonic Rift. Duh. If you've got Cyclonic Rift, add it to the deck. Okay. Uh, Also, we are not going to mess with the mana base at all. For the most part, these pre-cons will play just fine with the mana base they've got. And so, yes, of course, if you've got duels, shocks, fetches, add those in. But that's just not interesting to talk about. Yep. Okay, let's talk about the new commanders in the deck because we do like to try and figure out like who we are building around before we start building the deck. Yep, so the person on the front of the box, person, sorry, the dinosaur elemental lightning butt butt on top of the deck is Calamax the Storm Sire. He's one in Teamer, so green, blue, red for a 4-4 legendary creature elemental dinosaur. Whenever you cast your first instant spell each turn, if Calamax is tapped, copy that spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. Whenever you copy an instant spell, put a plus one, plus one counter on Calamax. So Calamax cares every single turn when you cast a first instant spell. He needs to be tapped or she needs to be tapped. And when that happens, you're going to copy that instant or sorcery as well as grow Calamax by plus one, plus one with counters each time. I like this because it's very powerful. Copying spells is super powerful, but they do make you jump through an additional hoop to get there, Calamax has to be tapped, which means presumably most of the time the turn that you play your commander, you're not going to get the instant mm-hmm. stuff right away. Your opponents have the ability to interact with it because probably you're going to have to attack most of the time uh, to get that done. But does give you a little additional value in that Calamax slowly gets bigger over time. And if you could swing once, Calamax probably turning into a 5-5 at the least. Yep. And then... Hard to block, yep. presumably. And then... 
will be harder to block now because it's a little bit bigger. So you can kind of start to snowball. So Mm -hmm. very powerful card, I think, but kept in check by that needing to tap. And the second part actually is not tied to the first. So you could copy an instant spell some other way and Calamax will still grow a plus one plus one counter. And that's also not limited to once a turn. And also the turn you attack with Calamax, you go, you know, you cast it on turn, comes back to your turn, you attack. Now it's tapped and during combat, you could cast instance. So Mm -hmm. it kind of does attack as larger than it is. It's not just a four, four. It's at least potentially a five, five. They have to at least think about it, right? Yeah. And I think people would, again, if you're swinging into someone, they they know they they can have a good block on you. You're probably, they probably would assume that you have something up your sleeve. So it's an instance matters deck after all. All right. uh, The second, in all these decks, we've learned there are a partner pairing and then two singular commanders. So, the second commander that's not a partner in this deck is Zyrus? Mm-hmm. Zyrus? Sure. X, X-Y-R-I-S. That's how you pronounce it. I'm going to say Zyrus, like Cyrus, but Zyrus. What do you think? I'm down. Okay. Zyrus, the writhing storm. Two, a green, a blue, and a red. So five mana total for a 3-5 flying snake leviathan. Cool. Whenever an opponent draws a card, except the first one they draw in each of their draw steps... Create a 1-1 green snake creature token. Uh, Okay. So for each card they draw, like some of these Consecrated Sphinx, you're making a lot of tokens. Yeah. That's cool. All right. And it also says, whenever Zyrus deals combat damage to a player, you and that player each draw that many cards. So if I swing at Jimmy with this, just base, nothing's been done. Mm -hmm. It It deals three to Jimmy, and we each draw three cards, which means I'll make also three green snake creature tokens because Jimmy has now drawn three cards and none of those are in his draw step. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. You get a bunch of benefit. It seems like a commander that can pretty easily swing at people because it's like, hey, do you want to draw three cards right now? Yes, I do. You can have three tokens. However, you are going to be, as the Zyrus player, if this is your commander, going to be using those tokens a lot more efficiently than your opponents are. So it's a bit of a, uh, it's not necessarily an equal deal. Cool commander. Seems pretty powerful. Yeah, I like it. All right, the next is the partner pairing. Yay. So I'll take the first half of the partner pairing, which is Paco, Arcane Retriever, or Paco, not sure. Three, a red and a green for a 3-3 elemental good boy, a.k.a. Hound. It partners with Halden, Avid Arcanist, who Josh will read in a second. This 3-3 has haste, and whenever Paco attacks, exile the top card of each player's library and put a fetch counter on each of them. Put a plus one, plus one counter on Paco for each non-creature card exiled this way. So this includes lands. So Paco is essentially playing fetch. When he attacks, everyone reveals the top card of their library, and you get plus one, plus one counters, not just plus one, plus one to end the turn, based on how many non-creatures are revealed and then exiled with a fetch counter on them. I like it. Sending the dog to go get the cards bark, up from bark. other people's yeah. deck. <laughs> he does a, if this was like an arena animation, he would run around the decks and pick up the top card of each or something. Bring him back to his master, Haldan, avid arcanist. Two and a blue for a 1-4 human wizard. Has partner with Paco, arcane retriever, of course. And says, you may play non-creature cards from exile with fetch counters on them hmm. if you exile them. And you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast those spells. So it will only count the ones you exiled. So if there's two Pacos in play, you don't both get access to each other's, I right. guess. Yeah. Okay. And then, yeah, Haldan basically says you can cast the non-creature spells and you can pay mana as though or mana of any color. So Paco fetches the cards. Haldan lets you cast the cards. This is a card advantage team. Yeah, very powerful too. Uh, I mean, not having to have any mana restrictions is really great. Um, and Paco, with him together, obviously you're going to get, even just with one swing because it has haste, you're going to get at least four looks at the card. And who knows? You're likely to get. At least two, probably. Two, one to two at the mint. I mean, 
Sometimes you hit zero, but four cards, non-creatures, there's going to be a lot of those because, yeah, yeah. Lands, lands are included there. Uh, and Paco is similar, I think, to Calamax in that it grows mm-hmm. as the fetch counters are put on non-creature cards. So, you know, it was able to attack once, it's probably going to get a little bigger, be harder to block and be able to sort of snowball and keep attacking. Yeah, and Haldan again says play the non-creature cards exile this way so you can play a land, you don't have to cast it. So that's actually pretty sweet too. If you're down on land drops, Paco will also just help you catch right back up. So pretty, pretty cool. All right, those are the commanders of the deck. Let's talk about the stats. All right, stats of the deck. So there are 20 new cards in this deck, which means there are 62 reprints plus 18 basic lands. So that obviously adds up to 100. Mm -hmm. Um, We're seeing more new cards than ever before because they made the most new cards for any commander deck in this set. Hooray. The ramp in this deck, pretty good. 10-ish. And we say 10 because uh, one of them is like a myriad landscape and the other is growth spiral, which we have to ask ourselves, is that necessarily ramp? Because what if you don't draw a land with it? Yeah, growth spiral is an interesting case. It's a blue and a green for an instant. You draw a card and then you may put a land from your hand into play. So it can ramp you, but yeah. doesn't guarantee ramp. Usually what we tend to do is count the, these type of cards as like half a ramp spell. So it kind of adds up. That's why we say 10-ish. Yeah, the nice thing about Growth Spiral is that it does draw you a card, but I've seen this in many cases in Standard when it was played a lot, which is just like, I'm going to play this because I need to hit my third land drop. Yeah. And if that doesn't work out, then Growth Spiral looks real bad. <laughs> it's just a cantrip. Yeah. Yeah, for two mana. Yeah. Uh, card draw on the deck, there are 13 cards that draw cards, and then you also have to ask, is Haldan slash Paco a form of card draw? Because they are allowed to cast the cards that Paco exiles from the top of each other's libraries. So but That's a very specific set you've got to get them both both yeah uh out you have to have no neither gets removed at the wrong time and like it's not it's not like reliable card draw but it's a little bit of card advantage i feel like if you do get both out and paco swings and you're able to cast a card from it then it's huge amounts of card draw like but the, it's a lot of ifs it's a lot of ifs yeah it's three things that have to happen both creatures out and safely attacking actually four things and then cast it five things you have to exile the right <laughs> cards and then you have to cast it so that's, so uh, that's a lot yeah so that's 13 ish card draw spells uh, two board wipes, a little bit lower Pretty than, low. yeah, and which is interesting because you would think a deck that is all about casting instants and being really interactive might Not going to have a ton of board presence. Yeah, would want ways to interact with the board. Yeah, definitely seems low on the board wipe front. A lot of single target removal, though, 11. Yeah. Um, 11 makes sense because a lot of instants are single target removal type stuff. And again, we're a little bit liberal. Like, there's a card called Tribute to the Wild in here, which makes opponents sacrifice mm-hmm. artifacts or enchantments. We count that as single target removal, even though you don't get to target. It does still remove things from the battlefield, even yeah. though your opponents get to choose. And there's a couple of unsummon effects, I think, in here, too. At least yeah. one. And that I would consider removal, even if it is temporary removal. Yep. All right, let's talk about deck value. We want to note that this uh, number that we're about to talk about only takes into account the value of the reprints, the 62 um reprint cards not the basic lands and of course not the new cards because at the time we're recording this this deck is not known to the public so there's no way to know the value of those new cards plus they're going to fluctuate a lot Mm -hmm. once new cards come out so i think that's a fair way to assess it just basically what would the reprint value be if the cards weren't reprinted um all right so the total value of this deck is 101 101 dollars and 50 cents that's huge just the reprints not any of the new cards so the new commanders that we just talked about are not factored in this because again we don't know those prices yet 
And we know based on the deck reveal that we did yesterday that the highest, most valuable deck as far as reprints from last year was about $97. So this is already eclipsing that. Um, There are a sum total of two, or sorry, of 18 cards that are worth $2 or more. That's a bunch. And that accounts for $76.42 of the price, or sorry, of not the price, of the value. The value, yeah. Yeah, and then there are six cards that are worth $5 or more and that uh, that accounts for $40.44 of that value. So, and that's some overlap with the two-plus dollar cards as well, obviously. Yeah. So let's talk about the notable reprints, and these are mostly the cards that are worth $5 or more. Yep. Uh, so these are, again, prices from prior to the deck reveals. You can expect a lot of these to drop down, but we talked about this earlier too. Soul Ring tends to go down and back up, then down and back up. Some of the, like, the very big commander staples tend to do this. Um, the first one we can talk about is Lightning Greaves which is just one of those classic everyone kind of wants one equipments. It's two mana for an artifact equipment and for an equip cost of zero, equip creature has haste and shroud, which means that you cannot target it anymore yourself either. So if this is the last thing you equip onto it, nothing else is going on until you get the greaves off. But the equip cost zero is really handy. Definitely a staple card in the format. You see that in a ton of decks. Yeah. So... You can never really have too many Lightning Greaves. And it's at $9 right now, which, again, makes sense. It's a card that hasn't seen that many reprintings, but we're glad to see it here. Here is a card that we've seen in, that is in all of the pre-cons, so it's occupying a space similar to Soul Ring. It's Arcane Signet, two mana for an artifact. You can tap it and add one mana of any color to your commander's... or one mana of any color in your commander's color identity. So it's kind of the best two-mana rock now. It's it yeah. often plays similar to a Felwar Stone in that it's just going to give you any mana of any color. Really bad in a colorless deck, though. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that, yeah, yeah. But a lot of people are big fans of this card ever since it came out in Brawl, and now it's finally back. Next up, another super duper staple. It's Solemn Simulacrum. Simulacrum. Simul- Simulacrum, I think. Lacrum. Four-mana for a 2-2 artifact creature, Gollum. When it enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a basic land card, put it on the battlefield tapped, and then shuffle your library. And then when Solemn dies, you may draw a card so this is again just a card that goes into almost any deck that has over three colors yeah yeah I would which is put great it in the there. first three Without are like that. i can put i can always use those yeah all right the next one is atali primal storm this is four red red for an elder dinosaur legendary creature six six whenever atali attacks you exile the top card of each player's library then you may cast any number of non-land cards exiled this way without paying their mana costs. Yeah. This card has nothing to do with anything that's going on in the deck as far as I can tell. It's just <laughs> like a good card. And, it's a dinosaur. Yeah. And, dinosaur and tribal. It's a strong deck in its own right and a fun card in general just inside the 99. I, the deck itself is not necessarily that fun because people usually just stock it with like yeah. a bunch of kill all the lands effects. But It's funny because it's kind of the same as Haldan and Paco together. Yeah. Uh, but you can't play the cards. You have to cast them, so no lands can But you off. cast them without paying their mana cost. Yeah. Probably a little bit better. Luckily, it doesn't have haste. Anyway, it's a $6 card, so a good reprint. Yep, yep. Uh, next up is a card that uh, the cycle, of which we've seen, is actually pretty valuable. It's Mossfire Valley. This is a signet land, as I'm calling them now. You can tap one and tap it to add red-green to your mana pool. Now, notably, it does not tap for mana on its own, so you need to have another land. So this is your first land in the Bad. game. It doesn't do anything. Yeah. Um, but those cards, uh, obviously, any way to change your mana or fix your mana is going to be worth more, and that card was up to 550 uh, and the last card that we're going to talk about here is Crop Rotation. It's one green for an instant. As an additional cost to cast this spell, sacrifice a land, and then search your library for a land card to put that card onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. Search for any land, not basic. It can be Guy's Cradle or it can be, you know, 
reliquary tower if that's Mm -hmm. what you need also interestingly with calamax because the sacrifice is part of the spell's cost you don't have to sacrifice two lands but you do go get to get two lands when it's copied yeah so yeah that's a powerful card and one that evidently was getting up there in price these are all the cards that uh are more valuable than soul ring in the deck yeah, again, I think this is a good selection of reprints here. Uh, obviously, the Signet, Arcane Signet's in all of the pre-cons. Solemn Simulacrum, always a good card to reprint, and I'm glad that they get these felt these Signet lands back into the rotation as well. It's a little bit interesting that this deck is, the value of this deck is actually higher than the Jeskai deck that we just revealed mm-hmm. yesterday, in that that had an $18 card in Locust God, and this has nothing that high it, it, you can only surmise that the cards that are between two and five dollars there's just more of them yeah, yeah yeah and and that's good i think it's better to spread it out of course again when you know these decks are being designed i don't think people know exactly hey we need to do this because they're doing it you know a year two years out in advance that this card is going to get to whatever level but it's good i, mean, I think the, the reprints are good here okay on to the next most important question which is if you are to buy this pre-con and take it out the box and play it you have three choices of commanders. You have two legendary creatures as well as one partner pair, and all of those can serve as the commander of your deck because they all fit within the team of colors. So let's ask ourselves, which is the best card to run as the commander here? Okay, so some more deck stats. The deck has, we know Calamax cares about instants. The deck has 25 instants. Okay, that's a lot. That's pretty much almost half of your deck without the lands. Yeah. Uh, Instant synergy, so rewards for having instants or things that synergize with instants. There are 16 of those cards. Okay. So that's a lot in Calamax's favor. Um, 41 cards specifically. Yeah. Zyrus um, cares about card draw and cares about tokens, and there are about... 10 token synergy cards in the deck, so significantly less than the amount of instant synergy. More than I would expect, though. Yeah, and we know from earlier there's uh, about 13 card draw spells, so that mm-hmm. does sort of synergize with Zyrus. I mean, obviously you want your opponents to be drawing cards for that, but... Yeah. Um, and then for Paco and Haldan, I wasn't sure what exactly category to look for to help them out, but I figured it had... You you wanted help with attacking, right? Yeah. Paco wants to swing, and then that's what sort of turns this whole engine on. And there's only about four cards in the deck that sort of aid you in attacking in some way, pump creatures, get them through, make it safer, whatever, to attack. Um, So there doesn't seem to be really any support for the Paco Halden... game plan they're they're good in the 99 they're just good cards because one does find the other so you're always going to have both mm-hmm. uh they all say draw a card on it essentially yeah. if you haven't drawn the other half so so the question kind of boils down to calamax the storm sire versus Zyrus the writhing storm and there's actually i didn't i thought it was clearly calamax um but it turns out that as we've done with all these decks and as we're going to do with all these decks it's not just Jimmy and my brains coming up with this stuff. We kind of go to the team. We have a lot of good brewers and experienced magic players. And so we have everybody sort of look at everything and come up with their ideas and we pull it all together. And Craig actually thinks that Zyrus is a better commander, more powerful in a vacuum. You know, I would agree with Craig because of the tap restriction on Calamax. Yeah. It is hard to... I mean, unless you're building your deck to have ways to tap your commander down, just the idea of having to go to combat after playing a four drop seems pretty precarious, uh, especially because, let's say, you only get one attack in with it or someone removes it on site, then you only get a little bit of value with it. Whereas Zyrus, I feel like players in general don't want to get rid of this card on site, whereas Calamax does have that threat. Yeah, interesting. Um, I don't know if I agree, but they're both close, right? Close enough that there is some sort of argument between the two of them. 
But the the thing is, the bones of this deck, what comes in the precon, doesn't really support the Zyrus plan. Yeah, it there's not a bunch enough of stuff cards. that makes everybody draw cards. It doesn't have a bunch of token support. It has a lot of instance and instant synergy. So I think since the deck already relies so heavily on instance, that it's just easier to lean into that strategy and run Kalamax as your commander. Yeah, and think, you just have way more cards to, but, to work with here. But Zyrus definitely seems cool if you're going to build an entirely new deck around it. That's That definitely seems like it could be powerful. Maybe I'll do it. So with that in mind, with Kalamax as our commander for what Rawr. we're building today, let's talk about what some of the best cards currently in the deck are well this is the current best card in multiple formats in magic very good card. Uh, and it turns out you know at first i may have been a little down on this just because we have more powerful versions of this but this is still very good it's wilderness reclamation three and a green for an enchantment at the beginning of your end step untap all lands you control well, what are you going to do with those lands, Josh? Cast instance. Bingo. It turns out that a slightly less powerful Seedborn Muse, which is a slightly less powerful Prophet of Crufix, is still very good. Yeah, look how high the Prophet of Crufix <laughs> must have been on the power level for two of its offshoots that are clearly <laughs> worst versions of it are still playable and still above average. I mean, they're still awesome, actually. Yeah, they're still awesome, yeah. Uh, another one of the best cards in the deck is Rush Me Eternity's Crafter. It's two a green and a blue for a 2-3 Elf Druid, is a legend. Whenever you cast your first spell each turn, reveal the top card of your library. If it's a non-land card with converted mana cost less than that spell's mana cost, cast it without paying its mana cost. Ooh. If you don't cast the revealed card to put it into your hand. So either way, you're at least getting a card. Yeah. But if it just happens to be less CMC than the spell you cast, you just cast it for free. Yeah, if you want to. It's still a May ability. Yeah. So you can look at it and be like, mm, not perfect on this board state. I'm going to draw it instead. Rush me very, very powerful. And already just leans into what Calamax is doing. Yep. Uh, next up, Lunar Mystic. Two blue, blue for a human wizard that's a 2-2. Two, two. Whenever you cast an instant spell, you may pay one. If you do, draw a card. As if blue needed more help. Drawing cards. Yeah. Calamax is already copying this instance you cast. You're getting value there. And then just being like, oh, I'll just tack on a draw one to that for one mana. Yeah. Pretty Seems good. good. Here's an interesting one. Wart, Wart the Raid Mother. Hmm. Four and two hybrid gruel. So four red, red, four green, green, or four green, red. Six mana total for a 3-3 three, three legendary creature, Goblin Shaman. When Wart enters the battlefield, you create two 1-1 one, one red and green Goblin Warrior creature tokens. But it says each red or green instant or sorcery spell you cast has Conspire. And Conspire is, as you cast the spell, you may tap two untapped creatures you control that share a color with it when you do copy it, you may choose new targets for the copy. This is another way to copy instance, but also you can conspire with Kalamax, which taps Kalamax. Oh, nice. Which means that Kalamax is now copying the spell. So As you cast the spell, yeah. so that means you need to tap the creatures and then the spell gets quote-unquote cast. Correct. So Kalamax will be tapped if you conspire with it at the time the spell is cast. You'll actually copy it twice. Wow. And that's that can get kind of nuts. I never saw the day where goblins and dinosaurs would work together, <laughs> but today's the day. Uh, well, speaking of red uh, or green instants and sorceries, how about this new cycle that is very exciting? Oh, very exciting! The cast it for free cycle because you know we need more zero cost. But this one's in red. It's deflecting SWAT, and it does have Calamax right on the art as well, using his uh, electric butt. <laughs> Two in a red for an instant. It says, if you control a commander, you may cast this spell without paying its mana cost. So if you have your commander out, this is a zero cost spell with no downside. It just says you may choose new targets for target spell or ability. It's a redirect. Yeah, now this is not necessarily real great with Calamax because copying this spell, unless there's two spells on the stack, doesn't right. do a lot. But the fact that it's a free 
yeah, misdirection. That's so cool. Spell or ability. It costs zero mana. You just need to have your commander out. If you cast, let's say you double an, uh, an instant or sorcery and then, well, you could just cast a flying swap for free, but that's not as great <laughs> with the Alamax. But it's just great just to have, it's in your pocket. You tap out, someone's like, I'm going to kill that. I'm actually going to change your path to exile to go somewhere else. Someone says, oh, I'm going to time stretch. Oh, I'm actually going to take that and point at myself. Thank you very much. Oh, this, a lot of these also say, uh, like misdirection, I believe, says it only works on spells that have one target. Yeah. This one changes targets. So if it has oh, multiple right. targets, oh you can switch them around. Yeah, this spell, the fact that for zero mana, people have to be like, uh, they're in red, but they have zero mana. Do I even want to cast my time stretch? Because I could just immediately lose yeah. rather than win. It's yeah, also cool. misdirection costs five mana if you're not doing it for free, which means exiling a blue card from your hand when you do it. So deflecting swat is cheaper, can change multiple targets. It's just a better, almost a better misdirection. Yeah, pretty cool. It's close. Yeah, the fact that you don't exile a card from your hand to get it for free is big too, right? No card of disadvantage on it. Yeah. Like the card disadvantage, I think, is often overlooked on the force of wills, pact of negations. No, sorry, force of negations. Yeah. Those type of spells. And so. it's worse too, it's just three mana, so it's not that expensive. Yeah. Definitely, uh, I just like that whole cycle. It's very powerful. All right, and the last best, uh, oh, actually, there's two. Zyrus, I, I would say, is one of the best cards yeah. in the deck. We already talked about uh, him, it, her, she, I'm not sure. Um, Snake, Leviathan, it's something. Them. Um, so the the last best card in the deck we're going to talk about here is also a new card. It's called Twinning Staff. Based on that name, I bet you can guess what it does. It's three mana for an artifact. If you would copy a... A spell one or more times instead copy it that many times plus an additional time yeah. you may choose new targets for the additional copy so this does nothing if you're not copying a spell but considering if calamax is out or you're copying in another way you now get an additional copy yep that's pretty nuts and then you can pay seven and tap the twinning staff and copy target instant or sorcery spell you control you may choose new targets for the copy but remember if you would copy spell you copy twice based on the top text so you're really paying seven tapping twinning staff and copying something two more times that's pretty good. I, the seven's a lot, but just the fact that like it it works by no other investment most of the time, just copying one extra copy on Calamax. And then sometimes you're just like, I have the seven mana. I will just make two more copies of that. And there are cards, again, in the deck that will not need Calamax out for you to copy an instant. Yeah, pretty cool. So those are the best cards in the deck. We are going to move on to the everybody's favorite part, which are which cards we would add to the deck to immediately sort of bring it up to the power level of normal commander decks. But before we get into that, we're going to take a quick break and hear a message from our sponsors. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. 
That's A-N-G-I dot com. All right, Storm's a Bruin. It is time to add some cards to this deck and take some out as well. Remember, our total budget for these experiments is a roughly around $25 for the exercise. We don't know where the card's prices are going to fluctuate even after we make this video, and we may go a little bit above or under, but just But on keep this mind. one, I think we're probably going to be a little bit under. Yeah, which like is a lot of cheap stuff. Which is awesome. Yeah. The first group is actually pretty simple, and it's the thing that it's missing from this deck, even though it is pretty strongly in green. Yeah, it's, we're calling it, this category, the right ramp. Because there is some ramp in the deck, but I feel like a lot of the ramp is incorrect for this deck. So notice Calamax costs four mana, which means if you want to get Calamax out early, you need to ramp on turn one or two. Because ramping on turn three doesn't actually allow you to cast Calamax on turn three, right? You're yep. still casting on a turn four. So I think the ramp packages in here kind of skew towards the three CMC stuff because that tends to be where the instants lie. Mm-hmm. So like natural connection is an instant for two and a green that kind of does a rampant growth. And you pay a little extra because it's an instant, which seems great because if Calamax is out, I go get two lands instead of one but I'd much rather just have rampant growth in the deck, which costs two mana, makes me have four mana available on turn three so I can get Calamax early. So important to get Calamax out early if you can, because that's way more likely it's going to be able to attack, be tapped, now get your value off of your instance, right? Yep, just any commander that's four mana, you're going to want ramp on two. If your commander is three mana, you want ramp on one. But if your commander is five mana, then ramp on three is fine. But in this case, you want Calamax out early and fast, and you want to be using this ability as quickly as possible too. So any combination of these, I would look for a spot. Rampant Growth, Farseek, Nature's Lore, and Sakura Tribe Elder. They don't synergize with the instance part of Kalamax. They synergize with the fact that it's a 4CMC commander. And I think it's more important than most commanders to get this out early if you can. Yeah, not to mention you're just going to want to have extra lands later on, so adding in a little more ramp isn't a bad idea. You're casting a lot of spells in this deck, and you're doing it at instant speed, so you need to hold up a lot of mana. So the more you can hold up, the better you're set. You're never going to be like, oh, darn, I have too much mana. (laughs) All right. Um, Okay, but that's the boring part. So now we're going to the next category, which I'm calling, that's just good copy. Nice. Sounds like you're an editor at a uh, newspaper now. Yeah. Good copy, George. So here's an interesting interaction with Calamax and Fork Spells. So Fork Spells are spells that, they're instants that copy spells. There's already a bunch of these, right? Calamax copies instants. But there's been a bunch of instants. The first one was Fork, which is actually an interrupt, but it's been eroded to an instant. Interrupt. That copies a spell that's on the stack. Just creates a copy of it. Here's the thing about Calamax, because it says whenever you copy an instant spell, you put a 1-1 counter on it, right? So a Fork, if it is a Fork, and I'm going to use that to mean Reverberate, Twin Cast, a bunch of other spells that Fork things. A Fork, if it's the first spell you cast in a turn with Calamax tapped, will immediately make Calamax infinitely large. Because here's what happens. Calamax is tapped. Goes to Jimmy's turn. Jimmy says, I'm going to play a Cultivate. I say, okay, I'm going to fork that spell. Calamax is going to... I'm going to fork that spell copying your Cultivate. Mm -hmm. However, Calamax is going to copy my fork because it's the first instant I've cast this turn. Well, I'm going to fork my original fork which is going to create a copy of fork, which is going to fork my original fork, which is going to copy fork, which is going to fork my original fork. And I'm going to have a lot of forks and it's going to be forking awesome. (laughs) Dinner is served. Yes. But of course, Calamax will grow infinitely large in that case. And once you've got them as big as you want, you go uh, with my last fork, my 587th fork. I'm actually going to copy the cultivate again. Right. Stop the feedback loop. And now 
you have an infinitely large Calamax. And you could do this as early as turn maybe four or something if somebody was foolish enough to run uh, an instant or sorcery into your... Which people are going to cast their explosive vegetation. Yeah, stuff, you're right? not going to not do that. Calamax, I mean, the, you're not afraid of that happening, right? It seemed yeah. that, oh, the fork hits the, the same fork and over and over and over and over again. They're like, oh, you might double this thing. You might get a cultivate for yourself. Nope. But nope, you're going to have a huge Calamax in that instance. So, And then you fling it. Yeah. <laughs> fling wouldn't be the worst in these decks. Um, so that's why I say it's good copy, because copying things is just good in this deck regardless, mm-hmm. but it also has that usage of like somebody else casts a spell, you know, and you just make Calamax ginormous. So we're going to put in some forks, but not fork itself, because it's not the best of them. There's been a bunch made. I think the best one these days, printed fairly recently, is... Narset's Reversal. You've seen it in action on game nights. You know just how much of a house this can be. In general, I think this just takes up a slot in almost every single deck that can play it. It's blue-blue for an instant. It says copy target instant or sorcery spell, then return it to its owner's hand. You may choose new targets for the copy. So usually you're doing this against someone else's big spell, targeting against someone else, and it bounces back to their hand. That's all fine and dandy. Maybe they tapped out to do it. They can't do anything else this turn. But you did stop them, and you got to essentially cast the spell from their hand. Calamax, you may be doing this to yourself more often than not. Well, Calamax, again, only copies the first instant you play each turn. However, very good in that cultivate situation to make Calamax infinitely large if you want to. Mm-hmm. Or also, you could just do the thing where, like, I'm going to bounce your Cultivate back to your hand. I'm going to have a Cultivate. I'm going to copy Narset's Reversal, targeting the original Narset's Reversal, and now bounce I have that my back Narfin. to my hand, yeah. Yeah, so now I'm back with Narset's Reversal in my hand and a Cultivate. <laughs> Jimmy's like, crap, I just wasted my turn, pass turn to the next person, and I'm sitting there with Narset's Reversal. And, and they know it. And you and cultivate. an extra land, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Extra two lands, yeah. So this is just very powerful because when you double it, you bounce the original back to your hand and you still have it. Yeah, forks are pretty good here. Yeah. Um, another one is Expansion Explosion. This is a, what did we call these? A split card. Split cards, right down the middle. So it has two modes. Um, The first one is expansion. It's two mana, two hybrid is it mana for an instance. And it says copy target instant or sorcery spell with converted mana cost four or less. You may choose new targets for the copy. So this is a fork. Again, it can do the Calamax thing to make it infinitely large. Yep. uh, Or it can just you know, get additional value. But this one has the added benefit of having a second mode. And this mode is a game winner in a lot of games for the decks that can run it with, again, Wilderness and Reclamation, which is, again, there's a teamer deck that runs these two cards that wins with it. And in the standard, explosion yep. is X-U-U-R-R, so X, blue, blue, red, red, to, is an instant to deal X damage to any target, and then target player draws X cards. So you can actually target yourself for the drawing and then X damage to any target, like someone's face or a creature or whatever, or a planeswalker. Yeah, so imagine modest scenario. You've got like seven mana. You're like, I oh, will deal four to this, draw four, and I'll also... Oh, three Cal- if it's seven mana, right? Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah. Three to this, draw three, and then Calmax will double it. So I'll deal three to this other thing or three to the same thing to kill it and draw three more. So six draw cards six. Yeah. yeah, off of seven mana and killing something, six damage. Pretty good. Very modest too. Like this is Commander. We are very often able to do that for 20. Yeah. And maybe you have... A fork in your hand and you just go i'll you know not gonna get get a trigger off calamax i'm just gonna do that again and finish you off you know hit you for 45 or whatever um super powerful card all right and the next one is one more fork which i think is again really good in this deck it's increasing vengeance which is red red for an instant copy target instant or sorcery spell you control 
If this spell uh, was cast from a graveyard, copy that spell twice instead. You may choose new targets for the copy. And then it has flashback for three red red. So it just can live in your graveyard. And yeah. reverberate's another one with buyback. It's very expensive. So that's why we didn't throw it in here. Increasing Vengeance, though, you can copy the new target twice. You can really get into some very huge plays uh, with Calamax because it basically acts like a twinning staff almost once, yep. once it's in your graveyard. Yeah. So, again, very, very powerful. And then this is a non-spell way to, to copy things. Yep. These are the flip cards from Ixalan. It starts off on its front face as the Primal Amulet, which is a four-mana artifact that says, Instance and Sorcery Spells you cast cost one less to cast. So pretty useful in a deck like this. It is a four-drop artifact, so it's a little expensive. However, when you cast an Instant or Sorcery Spell, put a charge counter on Primal Amulet. Then there, if there are four or more charge counters on it, you can remove the counters and then transform the amulet whoosh, into its back face, which is the Primal Wellspring, which is a land. So you actually, it's a way... It's a ramp. It's a ramp card, yeah, yeah. in a way. It ramps too because it lessens the cost of your spells. So. Yeah, Dobla Ramp. Uh, <laughs> you can tap the Primal Wellspring to add one mana of any color, and then when that mana is spent to cast an instant or sorcery spell, you can copy it and choose new targets for the copy. So that's actually great because it's a repeatable uh, reverberate, repeatable uh, doubling of Narf any... Narfed's reversal. Yeah. Uh, and it's self-contained, right? It doesn't yeah, care if Calamax is tapped. And every single turn you can use it. At that point, it's really hard to interact with because it's a land. And then before then, it gives you a nice mana reduction. So overall, both sides of this, very useful, and both of them work towards the goals of the deck. So forks, very good. That was the fork section. The next section we're going to talk about is more gas. So one thing, we've played these decks a few times. This deck can run out of gas, it seems to have plenty of card draw, but because you're casting multiple instants on other people's turns, it, it it seems to be that there's a chance. It doesn't always happen in every game where you're kind of down to a few cards and, and maybe not able to do as much near the end. Mm-hmm. So it feels like more card draw is good. Uh, Factor Fiction is a really good one. It's three and a blue for an instant. Reveal the top five cards of your library. An opponent separates those cards into two piles, and you put one pile into your hand and the other into your graveyard. Again, if you Factor Fiction and Calmax doubles it, you're getting two piles of five. And yeah. if Craig is in your game, he will often just give you all five cards. <sighs> I do that, Craig. <laughs> Maybe that card is better in our play group. Yeah, because of that. Fiction <laughs> has just like a one in ten chance sometimes of becoming the single greatest card spell dr- <laughs> made outside of like Ancestral Recall. Four mana for five cards, pretty good deal. Well, how about for five mana, you could potentially draw even more than that. It's Return of the Wild Speaker. It's a four and a green instant for a modal spell, so you can choose one. The first is draw cards equal to the greatest power among non-human creatures you control, or you can have non-human creatures you control get plus three, plus three until end of turn. So it's a combat trick, but more importantly, with Calamax down, if he is tapped and you cast this for five mana, you're going to draw ten cards if Calamax is the biggest creature on the board because it comes at five, five. Yeah, because Calamax gets the plus one, plus one when you copy an instant, and then these spells resolve, and it's got five power. Uh, also, there is some token stuff because of uh, Zyrus, right? Mm-hmm. So if you happen to have like nine or ten tokens on the board, you might just go, well, I'll give all my non-human creatures plus six, plus six and kill you now. Yeah. So yeah, I like yeah, the, double it up. Uh, yeah, I like the dual, the modality of it. Um, Pretty powerful stuff. Yeah. Uh, and the last one, a classic dig through time, six blue, blue for an instant, but it has delve. Each card you exile from your graveyard while casting the spell pays for one colorless mana. And it says you can look at the top seven cards of your library, put two of them into your hand, and the rest on the bottom of your library. So Imagine doing that twice. For potentially two blue mana, yeah, you can look at the top seven, choose the best two, and then do that again because Calamax will copy this spell. So Yeah. And again, if you're playing cards like, you know, Factor Fiction or all that stuff, you are going to have more cards in your graveyard as well. So good way to keep that thing going. 
Uh, next section is other cool stuff. And so these are cards that sort of synergize with the deck in ways that you may not have thought about. Smuggler's Copter is the first one up. Also goes into the card draw advantage category. It's a two-mana artifact that's a 3-3 three, three with flying. Whenever Smuggler's Copter attacks or blocks, you may draw a card if you do discard a card. But it has a crew cost of one, which says tap any number of creatures you control total power one or more, and then it turns the uh, vehicle into a creature. So it's like they're getting into the creature and going. So you're going to stick Calamax's 4-4 four, four butt in this tiny little thing by tapping it, which is exactly what you want to do, and then all of a sudden you have a Smuggler's Copter flying in the air that's almost guaranteed going to get in for some damage and then make you draw a discard. Yeah, Calamax, getting Calamax tapped is not the hardest thing in the world, but it does feel like you want a couple of ways in your deck that isn't combat to tap Calamax just in case, because there mm -hmm. are times where you look around and you go, if I attack... It's going to die. Yeah. I don't really want that to happen. I would rather, yeah, have a... And Smuggler's Copter, just a good card, yeah. right? It's not like putting something in there that only taps Calamax. It's looting, which is very, very powerful, just turning you through your deck, getting rid of lands you don't need or finding ones you do. And three uh, damage in the air. This is interesting because Jimmy came up with a, another card that does this, and I think you could run either or both cards just depending. It's Honor Worn Shaku. It's three mana for an artifact. You tap it to add a colorless mana to your mana pool, or you can tap an untapped legendary target you control to untap the Honor Worn Shaku. So it's ramp with Calamax and it's tapping Calamax, which you want to do. Also a way to instant speed tap Calamax. Mm -hmm. You know, most people are going to know because this is on board, but give you a little extra mana get Calamax tapped. This is all good stuff you want to do, and neither Smuggler's Copter or Honor Worn Shaku is very expensive. And the Shaku could tap for two every turn that Calamax is out. If you have other legendary creatures out, it could tap for even more and more and more, which is kind of neat. And then lastly, our last card is, uh, again, Jimmy and I came up with slightly different cards here. So the card that I suggest is Capsize, one blue blue for a instant that says return target permanent to its owner's hand, and it has buyback of three. I just like this card with Calamax because six mana to bounce one permanent is often not that great. But six mana to bounce two permanents is pretty good. And the yeah. fact that it returns it to your hand and then it's sitting there again with Calamax is, you know, later in the game, bouncing four permanents per round of the table is a good way to just keep the whole game in check where you can't lose now. Not to mention those permanents can be lands. Yep. Capsize one of the few cards that can do it. Uh, Mystic Confluence is the one that I sort of thought of, which is very similar in a lot of ways to Capsize, but adds in a little more of the potential to draw cards. So it's a three blue-blue instant. You can choose three, and you can choose the same mode more than once. You can either counter target spell unless this controller pays three, or you can return target creature to its owner's hand, or you can draw a card. Now, not as good as returning a permanent to its owner's hand, but this does give you the option to return three creatures, or draw three cards, or do any combination of the other three in total. So it's a very flexible counterspell. You know, I hadn't realized that the price on Mystic Confluence had come down this far. It's great, because this is like one of the better blue cards in the whole format. So yeah. it's great, because I remember the days when it was like $20. So when you put it on list, I was like, that's way too expensive. Then it's like, oh, no, it's like 250 now. Not bad, yeah. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, um, we're going to go through some honorary mentions, but those are the 10 cards we would add to this deck. Hold on, let me read them. The 10 cards are some form of 2CMC ramp, so like ramp and growth, far seek, etc. There is um, Narset's Reversal, Expansion Explosion, Increasing Vengeance, Primal Amulet, Factor Fiction, Return of the Wild Speaker, Dig Through Time, and then we have two kind of, Jimmy and I had diff slightly different ones, but they will fill in for either spot. So Smuggler's Copter or Honor Worn Shaku, and then Capsize or Mystic Confluence. And then the Honorary Mentions, which we'll talk about, and these are Honorary Mentions maybe because they just didn't quite crack in the top 10, or maybe because they're a little bit mean. 
Yeah, or this may be the direction you want to take it outside of one of our other options up there. So this one's combo-tastic and possibly, you know, could be seen as mean in some playgroups. Just depends on your playgroup. Um, not everybody wants to build their deck to sort of combo off. I and my, myself don't usually do that, but mm-hmm. we would be remiss if we didn't mention things like Ral Storm Conduit. Two blue and a red for a four mana, or sorry, four loyalty planeswalker. This is the one from War of the Spark. It has a static ability. Whenever you cast or copy an instance or sorcery spell, Ral deals one damage to target opponent or planeswalker. Hmm. So if you ever get into that fork feedback loop with Calamax with Ral out, you'll just win because you'll infinitely deal one damage to everybody. Yeah, it's cast or copy, yep. which is why it's so important. Uh, plus, the plus two ability is scry one. Not that relevant. Negative two ability is when you cast your next instant or sorcery spell this turn, copy that spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. So Ral kind of does what Calmax does, but mm-hmm. does it for your next spell, not your first spell. Yeah, uh, Ral is one of those cards that I think is just going to keep going up and up and up in value over time because of the static abilities on these Planeswalkers that were introduced in Dominaria. They, uh, not Dominaria, sorry, uh, War, War of the Spark. Spark. Yeah, the fact that they do stuff just when they're sitting out there like an enchantment is what makes them so powerful, and this one works very well with the deck. Uh, next card is a classic card that you'll see in a lot of like Storm-type decks, but in this case, it's actually just one of those um, instant speed, get a ton of mana, get a ton of something, Uh, It's turnabout for two blue-blue. You can choose an artifact creature or land, and you tap all untapped permanents of the chosen type target player controls or untap all tapped permanents of that type that player controls. So oftentimes you're tapping all your lands, floating all your mana, and then casting turnabout. They're all untapping, and you can tap them again to float even more mana. If Kalamax is tapped, then you get to do that again. So you get a ton, 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 ton of mana. Yeah, this is um, very powerful. Yeah, because you just tap this stuff in response and then it untaps a second time. And so now you're just floating a ton of mana. Yeah, I like that. And then you go. I think all rituals could be playable with Calamax, like High Tide and stuff. Well, you'd have mm-hmm. to have a lot of islands, depending on how you built the deck. But even like, I don't know the name of the rituals, but there's like one in a red, add three red to your mana pool or something. Oh, oh a seething song type thing? Some, yeah, even like, yeah, stuff like that because. That's not a very good rate, but if you run in a red, add six red mana to your mana pool is a lot better, right? Yeah, yeah. And, of course, you can train turnabout into cards like Expansion Explosion as well, and yeah. there's lots of different ways to sync that mana in other places. Uh, my final ad here was the meanest card that people really, really are salty about, but <laughs> it's an instant speed take an extra turn spell, which means you're taking two if you cast this with Calamax. It's Nexus of Fate, five blue blue for an instant, take an extra turn after this one, and if Nexus of Fate will be put into a graveyard from any, we'll reveal it and shuffle it into its owner's library instead. So you might draw it again and go on this same journey with Calamax. Seven mana time stretch. Is that good? Yeah. Instant speed Instant too. speed time stretch. That shuffles itself back into your library so you can't bounce, you know, return it from your graveyard. But honestly, sometimes it's better that it's in the library for these players. Uh, I did want to give a shout out before we move along to Seedborn Muse, which is too expensive for us to officially add, but yeah. it's like a better wilderness recommendation. Anything that's any deck that's relying on instance or instant speed stuff, being untapped untapped constantly on your opponent's turns is just good. So obviously Seedborn Muse is something you might want to think about if you have access to it. And another shout out to the Prophet of Crufix for starting this whole kitten caboodle off. <laughs> we miss right. you. <laughs> we I do miss the the Prophet. All right, let's uh if you're adding all these cards to the deck, then well, you have to take cards out because you're not allowed to have a deck with 110 cards in it. So let's talk about the cards that we would take out of this deck. And I wanted to note before we get into this. I thought this. I think this deck is a little bit unfocused from mm-hmm. the beginning. It 
potentially could be as powerful as the cycling deck and such, but the way that it's built out of the box, it, it's trying to go in a few different directions. There's a lot of stuff that I would consider to be off plan, like not dealing with instants and stuff. So I, I honestly wish that we could take out more than 10 cards when I was going through this. Yeah, unfortunately you can't, but three cards that you are taking out seem to be the number one takeouts we have for all of the uh, decks coming up, and a bit of a spoiler, but not really. There they're, are the, they're cool cards, but they just don't particularly, they're not on plan with anything. Yeah, I think if anything, these are the kind of cards you get and you go, cool, I can find a better home for this. Hopefully. Uh, hopefully. They're the impetuses, the impeti. We have shiny, predatory, and psychic impetus. All of these are enchant creature aura and they all cost different mana. Shiny Impetus and Psychic Impetus are two in a blue, and, uh, two in a red, and two in a blue, res- uh, respectively. Respectively. Um, Shiny Impetus, the red one, gives a creature plus two, plus two, and is goaded. By the way, all of these goad the other opponent's creatures or the creature that attacks you. So it says it attacks each combat if able and attacks a player other than you if able. So it's like you put on the uh, the crazy goggles onto them, but and they see red, but they can't see you. They only see the other opponents. And for Shiny Impetus, whenever an enchanted creature attacks, you create a treasure token. For Psychic Impetus, it's also plus two, plus two. And whenever an enchanted creature attacks, you scry two. And Predatory Impetus is four and a green, and it gives a creature plus three, plus three. And it must be blocked if able and is goaded. So these are fun. They're, they're cards that you can place on other people's commanders. They're scary creatures. And all of a sudden, they are no longer a threat to you. However, they are not what this deck wants to do. Yeah, the goad mechanic is cool. It keeps you a little bit safe, but... I think all of these also, you need to be open to the idea, if you have them in your deck, that you're going to maybe sometimes want to cast it on your own creature. Mm-hmm. Just Predi- to get them bigger. Predatory Impetus is probably the best of those, because it, it makes all creatures block this creature if able, and that may be a thing where I put it on this thing, I swing with everything. And then Kalamax can get through, because or, they have to block the other creature. Or it's a death touch creature, and it's going to kill a bunch of their stuff. Right. Like you know, And sometimes, obviously, you're going to put it on the opponent's creatures, but... That's not your main plan all the time. Your um, main plan is just to take these out of the deck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point. All right. The next card is also one of the new cards. It's a weird one. It's called Primal Empathy. It's one, a green and a blue for an enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, draw a card if you control a creature with the greatest power among creatures on the battlefield. Otherwise, put a 1-1 counter on a creature you control. Hmm. So it's like a slow, conditional draw engine that if you don't have the biggest creature, it'll start to grow one of yours until hopefully you do and you can draw cards. It's just weird because this deck is not creature-focused. It's instant-focused. Yeah. Calamax may grow, but it's not like it's going to become a 2020, right? Like, Well, you want to be able to use the plus one, plus one counters if this is in your deck, and you want to put them on creatures on that want the plus one, plus one counters. Maybe that's a Zyrus card? Yeah. But it's a 3-5, so it's going to take a while for it to get big enough to draw your cards, too. Yeah. I think this is an interesting card maybe in, like, the... Uh, you remember the Kiora deck that Cedric made for uh, for Brawl? Right. Like that yeah. kind of deck idea, which wants to make big creatures, wants to have the biggest thing on the battlefield and benefit from that. I mean, this is a good card in uh, Marchesa, but you don't you can't have green in that deck. Yeah, this card will the be Black insane Rose. in Marchesa, but yeah, unfortunately, exactly. that's not the case. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's talk about this next one. It's a really interesting card. Yeah. We're going to... E- these are the cards we would take out. Eon Frolicker. It's an elemental otter, and it is very cute, but it's not going to be in the deck anymore. All right. It's two blue blue, and it's a 5-5 five, five flying elemental otter. What could go wrong? <laughs> Here we go. When Eon Frolicker enters the battlefield, if you cast it, target opponent takes an extra turn after this one. Until your next turn, you and Planeswalkers you control gain protection from that player. So this is the kind of card that, let's say Jimmy Wong is going off with Sentrip, let's say he's about to swing out for a billion damage and kill everyone. 
You go, hey, I'm going to cast Eon Frolicker targeting you, which means you have to swing out everyone else because I have protection from you and my Planeswalkers do as well. So you can't attack me, you can't target me, you can't do any damage to me, so you may as well kill everyone else off. But you also get an extra turn. Yes, so you're giving them another draw step, another land drop, another creature on the battlefield, whatever it is, uh, in the hopes that they're going to use this extra turn to do your bidding and kill someone else off. That seems like what you're doing here because you're giving yourself protection from that scary player. Yeah, I don't... The give them an extra turn is just hu- too big of an advantage because so what if you have protection from them? They get an extra draw step and, and an extra use of all their mana. Yeah. Like if this is turn nine or ten, you really want to give somebody extra nine or ten mana. Yeah, you got protection from them, but they're still going to be so much more farther ahead of you than they would have been because mm-hmm. they're going to have two extra turns. Trust me, they're going to have enough tricks up their sleeve after that to be way ahead of you. Yeah, it's just something where I think it's cute, and I could see this being really fun in more casual groups, but the moment that you give a powerful deck an extra turn, you are asking for it. Yeah. All right, the next one's a weird one. It's called Nascent Metamorph. Another new card. Yep, one in a blue for a 1-1 shapeshifter. Whenever Nascent Metamorph attacks or blocks, target opponent reveals cards from the top of their library until they reveal a creature card. Nascent Metamorph becomes a copy of that card until end of turn. Then that player puts all cards revealed this way on the bottom of their library in a random order. So this kind of metamorphs into a random creature off of their deck. Mm -hmm. This is fun if someone... If you're able to attack someone that, I guess, fetches something to the top of their deck or tutor something, so you mess them up that way. But otherwise, I mean, you could hit the worst creature in the world off of this. Yeah, you just don't know what you're going to get. And the the prob- has to attack, too. The problem is they get to see what it is before they choose to block. I think this card would have been a lot more fun if they could have templated in some way that it triggers... And they have, they have to, like, block it without knowing what it is. Yeah, maybe, like, it, when this becomes... Not me when it comes blocked, but because yeah. then it wouldn't do be big when it hits them. They just be like, "I'll take one." Yeah, I'll take one. Each I'm not time. sure how you template it, but the way it's templated now, it's just not that interesting because they'll be like, "Okay, well, let's see what it turns into," and then if it's something really scary, then I'll deal with that. I'll chump it, or and if it's whatever. not, I'll just block it. And so yeah. I think the the fun got sucked out of the card by the templating because I think it would be really fun if it's like maybe put that card face down. And this card is that card somehow, and you only reveal it if it gets blocked? Yeah, I don't know. you don't know, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know, but nah. as it is, it's just... If you're going to randomize it, the randomization needs to be lead to moments that go, oh! Yeah, and also a one in a blue creature needing to attack to trigger something feels a little weird to me. Usually that's the domain of what red and white have been, you know, suffering from for many, many years. They can't do anything without attacking, like Atali and all that. So uh, it's interesting. It's not. It's not great. Next up, we have a card that I find myself, I'm going to probably cut from every one of these decks. It's yeah. Bonder's Ornament. Three mana artifact. You can tap it to add one mana of any color. So just a very basic mana rocket that. And then you can tap four and tap it. And each player who controls a permanent named Bonder's Ornament draws a card. So if you're the only player with this, you tap four, tap it, draw a card. If Josh all of a sudden has it, tap four. And then every player that controls a thing named Bonder's Ornament draws a card. So you can sort of get group card draw around the table. So you pay four and I draw two and you draw two? I like this plan. Yeah, each player that controls a permanent in Bonner's Ornament draws a card. Oh, no, so you draw one. You draw, draw one, one, yeah. But if they tap it, then you draw one, and you, you know, it's... it's Four mana, I draw a card, and sometimes my opponents draw a card. is not good. Yeah, it's not good. And it's definitely for a casual environment here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No hate on the card. I think it could be fun, and it could potentially get you out of a squeeze. If it's your turn, and you, someone else is like, here, I'll give you four mana with my Bonner's Ornament, and you get to draw a card without having to pay anything. But that again, these scenarios are so unlikely to be relevant when you need them to be. 
Right. No hit on the card, except for me. I don't like the card. <laughs> All right. The next one is also a new card. A lot of new cards we're pulling out of this deck. I think there's some interesting cards, but they just don't... The new stuff, a lot of it just doesn't seem to be on the plan of the deck. This one is Ravenous Gigantotherium. <laughs> what a name. Right? Is that how I said it? Gigantotherium. Yeah, I think so. Gigantotherium. Okay. It's five green green for a 3-3. Three, three. Seven mana 3-3, three, three, huh? All right. Has de- <laughs> has Devour 3. As this enters the battlefield, you may sacrifice any number of creatures. This creature enters the battlefield with three times that many plus one plus one counters. Oof. So if you sack two creatures to Devour as it comes in, it'll get plus six plus six and it'll be a seven mana 9-9. Nine, nine. Hmm. Which is fine, but still not crazy good or anything and then it says when ravenous gigantotherium enters the battlefield it deals x damage divided as you choose among up to x target creatures where x is its power oh each of those creatures deals damage equal to its power to ravenous gigantotherium so if you deal damage to stuff and it lives it'll punch back yeah you want to kill everything when this comes on the battlefield you want to make this huge you want this to be in the token deck and this is as we've discussed not a token build Calamax does not care about Ravenous Gigantotherium. If you're running uh, Zyrus as the Zyrus or whatever, as the commander, then this becomes a lot better because you're going to have a bunch of tokens lying around. But yeah, yeah. Calamax's casting instance isn't likely to have a bunch of like expendable creatures that you can just throw into this. So this is also a seven mana spell. Yeah. So it's pretty up For seven there. mana, you could be casting Nexus of Fate. For seven mana, you could be casting half of uh, an entwined spell that gets things right into the battlefield and cheats them instead. I'll take that. Natural. Tooth and Nail, was that the way you yeah, were referring nail, to? Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. Another yes. I was like, favorite. what spell is <laughs> And for nine mana, you win the game. All right, Evolution Charm is the next card we're going to cut from the deck. It's one in the green for an instant. You choose one. You search your library for a basic land card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. Or return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. Or target creature gains flying until end of turn. This is a two mana spell that does not get a land onto the battlefield in green. Just put just put rampant growth in and get the card to your hand. Yeah, and, or, sorry, card on the battlefield. And yeah. if you really want to, a card that returns a creature card from your graveyard to your hand, play an eternal witness type effect. Don't play something like evolution charm. Uh, the last one is hunter's insight, which is two and a green for an instant. Choose target creature you control. Whenever that creature deals combat damage to a player or planeswalker this turn, draw that many cards. I know you got to attack with Calamax to get it tapped, and it seems like this is going to be good, but it's so risky because yeah. somebody goes, I'll let you hit me with Calamax, and then you go, I'm going to Hunter's Inside it, and it's going to fork it, targeting Calamax. And you're like, sweet, I'm going to draw 10. And they're like, well, if uh, you're going to draw 10, I'll just remove it. Or another player is going to go, I'm now not okay with this attack, and they'll remove it because drawing 10 cards is too much. Yeah, it's just so risky. Just play Factor Fiction. It's guaranteed to get you cards in your hand, and once you cast it, they can't do a lot about it besides counter, right? They can't yeah. kill Calamax in response. It's too late. And people rarely will counter a card draw spell. They want to counter the bigger thing that happens because of the card draw spell. So there was a lot of other cards I would cut and cards that I think are basically fine, but just really inefficient. So I'm going to pull one of these out. Um, but we're going to leave it in the deck officially. But cards like this I would look at. So Clash of Titans is a card in the deck. It's three red red for an instant. Target creature fights another target creature. That's it. Five mana, red Five mana, put, yes, potentially can kill two creatures, right? You have your opponent's creature fight another one of your opponent's creatures, and if they are exactly the same, the right power and toughness, they'll kill each other. And then, yes, you fork it with Calamax, and maybe in the best magical Christmas land scenario, there happens to be four four fours out that you would <laughs> like to kill. You'll kill four creatures, 
but more likely you're gonna pay five mana and kill one creature with this thing yeah or you might mess up someone's combat or a double block and cause them a hindrance but more importantly do nothing that advances your board state and does a lot that pisses off everyone else's and it's five mana it's so much mana just run efficient removal spells that do what you want them to do every time what if there's only one creature out what if there's no creatures does nothing (laughs) yeah so i just don't like some of the inefficiency in the deck look for that take those cards out you can make room for some of our honorable mentions from the cards to add section better off watching the movie anyway Okay, so let's talk about how the deck plays. As as much as I just was disparaging about it, the deck is actually fairly powerful because it is intrinsically strong to every t- whenever you cast a card, mm-hmm. do to, do it twice, right? Yeah, like, especially if you're getting rid of multiple things, you're you're doing a lot to affect the board every single time that Calamax is able to double a spell. I think the most important thing when playing the deck out of the box is get Calamax out, get it tapped as soon as possible. Get it big enough so you're going to be able to get it tapped every turn because in the pre-con environment, there's not a lot of tricky ways to get Calamax tapped. You basically have to attack. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a big thing. You're going to play draw go. Um, and then you're just going to kind of pick off the worst threats out there and try and outvalue everybody by saying like, whenever I do something, I do it twice. Yeah. You know, we were playing this and someone unsummoned four creatures for <laughs> one mana. Yeah. So that was very powerful. And it, everyone just went, oh, there goes my last turn and a half. Yep. So even though we all hate you now, we can't. We have to spend our next turn rebuilding, and then Calamax is going to be able to attack because you just bounce stuff, and then sort of get the train going. So it's it's like you are trying to roll ahead in front of everyone else, and through the speed of your rolling and the efficiency of it, you're, the dust you're kicking up is keeping people behind you. Of course, then they go, okay, remove Calamax, and you're really set back two turns because now you're like, okay, I got to play it, then and the next tapped. turn get it tapped, and so it it is it is a pretty big hurdle to be able to tap it. I think when you're building the deck. Uh, you're you're tweaking your deck, optimizing your deck. If you put in smugglers, copters, and things like that, you will have at least some way to get around that downside, and that may sort of even it out. But yeah, yeah, I think it's it's a fun deck. It's interesting. You can do tricky stuff. You have to worry about your sequencing and your lines of play, just the way copying spells works. I'm also just excited because there are more dinosaurs now. And who does not love dinosaurs? We've seen so many of them in the past couple of years. Yeah, that's true. We've <laughs> really been on a dinosaur spree. Yeah, indeed. In uh, Magic. All right. To the listeners, what do you guys think of the Arcane Maelstrom deck? Now, of course, we're going to be reviewing the the legendary creatures in another set. So we'll talk about where Calamax might go if you were to put him in the 99 of something else. But we want to know what you guys think of the deck itself, if there are any cards that we missed, any cards that you think we should, uh, that you, that we suggested that you don't like, or cards that you like that we didn't suggest. What cards should we take out? Were we wrong? Are we wrong about the impetuses? Are they better than we think? Let's know. We're not wrong about no, those. We're not. No, but know. are there any like must includes that we totally whiffed on? That's totally that's definitely possible. That's definitely possible. We always talk about it, but we're doing this before the internet knows about any of these cards, so we don't have EDH Rec or Reddit or anything. We just have our brains and the five or six brains in the other room over there. Yeah. But I think we did come up with some cool stuff. Definitely forks and things are, I think, the way to go. Yeah, I think the infinite fork is pretty, pretty fun. Okay, leave a comment below, let us know. And uh, also, make sure to check out cardkingdom.com slash command zone if this deck interests you. Or if you're like, you know what? I think Clash of Titans is amazing. I'm going to put that in this deck. And this, I have a fight-based deck. Or whatever it is, because Card Kingdom has all of your singles and sealed products. You can get the Commander pre-cons, pre-order, whatever you want. Ikoria is just around the corner. We also have the Mystery Boosters that are out right now. Tons of really great stuff to pick up. And maybe even you want to get some of those new lands from the last unsanctioned product. Pretty sweet. So make sure you check out cardkingdom.com slash command zone, and they'll get those cards to you pronto. And all those cards that you get, you don't want them to get damaged in any way. So you need to go with Ultra Pro products. They make the best stuff to protect your stuff. Get your cards into a good Eclipse sleeve. 
get him into a good satin tower deck box, something that's solid that's going to keep him safe, yeah. that can handle them accidentally getting dropped or whatever happens to our game pieces. Mm-hmm. Happens to all of us. You don't want that stuff to happen, and then your card's just ruined. Ultra Pro makes sure that your card stays in good condition all the time. All right, no end step because these are special episodes and we're going to be putting out a video every single day and we just don't have that much cool stuff to talk about that's outside of Magic. We're talking about all the cool stuff we need to right here with these pre-cons. <laughs> all right, our editing, graphics, and logistics team is Craig Blanchett, Ashlyn Rose, Lady Danger, Manson Lung, Alfred Estaca, Josh Murphy, Jake Boss, and Sam Waldo. Yay, and they're also doing the EDH RecCast. If you guys haven't seen that, great, great work there. Their new uh, opening animation is awesome. And speaking of animations... A big thanks to Jeffrey Palmer as well for doing the living card animations that live behind us on set on game nights, put us into distant planes and worlds, and we can't thank him enough for it. You can find him on Twitter at livingcardsmtg, and you can find the videos of our podcast at youtube.com slash podcast. All right, we got a bunch of bonus content coming up. We're going to cover every single one of these pre-cons. I'm not sure which one is next, but stay tuned to our channel. Hit that subscribe button. Hit the bell notification so you know as soon as new content comes out, because we got a lot to talk about. It's yeah. Commander Christmas. Yay! The best time of year for us and for you. So we'll see you next time. Peace. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. (laughs) Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, Whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.